Welcome to Eyes West, the podcast for movers looking for a new place to live in the America West and the best connections to get it done. Here's your host, Dick Crawford. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Eyes West. This is Dick Crawford, and today's introduction was from today's guest, Tom Ebenhack from Tucson, Arizona. Tom and I have trained in the same network for many years, and we've uh, certainly got a similar approach to the real estate business, and that's why I I trust him implicitly. Today's uh, episode with Tom is a wonderful opportunity to get to know him and the area that he serves there in Tucson. Eyes West is now on six popular platforms, so as a quick side note, when searching for Eyes West, use all one word, Eyes West. So thanks for being on the program this morning, Tom. How are you today? I'm doing great, Dick, and I sure appreciate this opportunity. How are you doing? Very, very well. Uh, it's a little cooler here than there, but um, that's just the way the geography is, but I'm doing just yeah, fine. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's good to have you with us. Uh, let's, let's jump right in and start, uh, start with your work. Take a minute here. Where are you in your real estate career today? Well, this is my third career, actually, as is often true with realtors, uh, with the, my, my finishing career, you could call it. But uh, uh, I've been in real estate for 13 years uh, and just loving it. I, it's, it's a fun business. It's a caring business. And uh, we've built, my wife and I, a great team here in Tucson to better serve our clients and enjoying, enjoying the work. That's very good. It's quite in parallel with me, so I can, I can certainly relate. Let's get a brief profile on how you work. Uh, what's your approach to the business? Well, it's interesting. We, I would say over 90% of our, our clients come from referrals, so we work by referral. Uh, lots of repeat customers and their families that they send to us, that sort of thing. I'd say by referral primarily, and it's, it's, it's relationships. It's relationships, and in our work in those relationships, uh, we certainly wear a lot of different hats. Uh, what, uh, what's your favorite hat when you're working with people? <laughs> and we do wear a lot. Uh, you know, my favorite is I probably got two, customer service. I really just enjoy serving people. Uh, negotiations is always an uh, important aspect of it, and we, we do that, and I actually enjoy that too. Uh, but probably the most important thing I enjoy is problem solving. And in this business, there's always a problem that pops up, and those who can solve the problem and make it work for everybody involved are the winners, and I, I just love doing that. Sounds like maybe you're, you're a bit of a facilitator in that sense because you're trying to get a solution for everybody. Is that accurate? I, you know, that's it. Yeah, interesting because, you know, we, we've done – personality profiles and that sort of thing, and I do come out a facilitator, so that's true. And while you're doing all that, how do you help your clients feel comfortable and engaged and, and such? You know, our whole team is this way, and we've really made this a, a high priority with us. Uh, communications, uh, keep them informed, and that's really important. We want to keep our people informed throughout the whole transaction, the good and the bad. We don't pull punches because they need to know it, uh, and yet we, we solve the bad, but uh, we want to make sure they understand it. Well, if I'm looking at the map, which I am, what's your geographic service area? We call it Tucson. However, it's really a lot of what's Pima County is the county we're in. But uh, Tucson is uh, got several other outlying communities: uh, Vail, 
Marana, Saharita, Oro Valley. There's a lot of little communities that are part of Tucson, but we call it Tucson. And um, uh, it's a big, big town of about a million people in the valley uh, area here. And so that's, our, that, that's where we serve, all over Tucson. And you are pretty far south, so you've got a, you've got a good view of the rest of the country from there. <laughs> well, yeah, we are far south. We're about an hour and 15 minutes, uh, maybe an hour and a half from the border in the middle of the uh, southwest, the heart of the southwest. Give me three bullet points that you want everyone to, to know about the area today. What, what are they going to walk uh, away with? My gosh, three is, uh, is not very many, but uh, let, me, let me just limit it to about that many. <laughs> anyway, we've got a lot of things here in Tucson that are good. So number one is probably the Sonoran Desert. It's a beautiful, lush desert. And, you know, if you think about desert and haven't been to the southwest, to this part of the southwest, you probably think sand, barren, ugly, hot. Uh, but Tucson is uh, a little bit higher elevation. We're about 2,500 feet. We're a very lush desert. Lots of saguaro cactus, the cowboy cactus you see on the old westerns, and uh, beautiful, uh, just, just a beautiful green desert. So that's number one of what I think draws me to Tucson and many, many people. We're an outdoors town, so people are always outdoors, whether it's just sitting on the patio or hiking or biking or whatever. It's, uh, it's a town where people get outdoors. And probably the one thing that I like most about Tucson is it's still got a little cowboy in it. Uh, we're a little bit of a cowboy town. Tombstone, Arizona, which is a real cowboy town, it's not very far away, and it's kind of a tourist area, a uh, small area. But we still uh, so you see guys, lots of cowboy hats, lots of uh, boots, and lots of people who grew up here and just still live that lifestyle. 2,500-foot uh, elevation and an outdoor mm -hmm. town with a little bit of a cowboy flavor still. Tell us a little bit more about the area. What can we expect to find there at 2,500 feet? Well, 2,500 feet, you get the desert, the, the lush desert I already described, and that's beautiful. Uh, and then the thing that's really unique in Arizona, actually, is we've got a lot of mountain ranges. We call them sky islands, which are basically, you know, nine, 10,000 foot mountain ranges that are stuck in the middle of the desert. And we've got, you know, four different ranges surrounding Tucson, um, and and they're, they're beautiful. Uh, so you can drive from... 2,500 feet in the uh, Tucson on the east side up Mount Lemmon, which is our uh, closest uh, mountain range. Drive to the top of that at 9,000 feet. Just a beautiful, beautiful place up there. And in the middle of the summer, when it gets up above 100 here, it's 70 degrees up there at, in the middle of the day and just gorgeous. And that's Mount Lemmon? Mount Lemmon. And it's two M's, L-E-M-M-O-N. We're, we're still a college town. We've got the University of Arizona here, so you've got the college flavor here. Uh, the biggest thing we are is a vacation hub, so we find people coming here uh, all winter long. Uh, not too many uh, join us in the summer. In fact, our population in Tucson is about 30% less in the summer because those are our winter, winter residents who come and spend uh, maybe October through April here and then go home to wherever they are in the north uh, in the summertime, so we get a lot of that. Still, like I mentioned, the cowboy town, we're a little bit laid back in Tucson, which is, is very comforting. We're a retirement center, so we get a lot of people who are coming out here just to spend their last years and enjoy the outdoors. And tell me a little bit more about those outdoor activities. What's, uh, what's popular throughout the year? Probably the main ones are hiking, 
lots of great hikings in the wintertime. You can hike down in the low elevations in the desert and the beautiful canyons that go up through the mountains. Uh, summertime, people drive up the mountains and hike up there where it's cooler. Golf is big, and golf is a year-round activity here. I've been to cycling, so biking, cycling is uh, very big here. In fact, we're one of the uh, probably best cities in the country, and some of the cycling magazines have rated us the best um, for, for biking or cycling. Sightseeing is wonderful, plenty of eating, so restaurants are good. But uh, the biggest draw in my mind is, is cycling because that's what I do. Lots of good places to ride. And we have a big event every fall uh, in November called El Tour de Tucson. It's like the Tour de France, but it's El Tour de Tucson. And uh, it's, a, it's, it's a play on it, but it's, uh, it's a 100-mile ride around the city of Tucson, We've probably got 6,000 riders every year that come out here for that and ride. It's the weekend before Thanksgiving and just a, a big draw and a lot of fun. That does sound great. Uh, El, El Tour de Tucson. That sounds like a, a very good outdoor town. Do you have any, uh, any personal insights about, about why you love living there? For me, it's that I can ride year-round, and I do enjoy that. I I came from Ohio originally and could not ride year-round there because we had winter, and uh, uh, here we we don't, so we can can do that. It's really fun to to do. We've got a bunch of cycling groups, uh, cycling teams around town. I actually belong to four of them that I ride with just various days, uh, and that's not uncommon for everybody, too, and it's a great place to draw friendships from. And then we get in the uh, in the winter time, usually January, February. Some of the pro teams actually come here, uh, the, the international pro teams, and will train here because we've got a mountain that's good to climb, and we've got uh, a lot of good open riding here for them in the months that they probably can't train in Europe or in Canada or in north northern uh, part of, a, of the U.S. So they come here and and, and do their training. And we've got cycling training camps that uh, run during the winter, and we get a lot of people who will come in. And these are just amateur cyclists like myself who will come and uh, sign up for a week uh, or two-week camp where they will have a a coach that will actually help them uh, keep themselves in shape over the winter and build their uh, cycling abilities. Wow, that's very good. That's an influence on the area. The area has influenced it, and (laughs) it is influencing the area. That's very good. That might even explain some of the, or be one of the reasons that people are moving to Tucson uh, in terms of active retirement and such. Is that the case? Are there any other reasons? Oh, there's a lot of other reasons, but that is one of them. And many of my clients who are connected with through cycling, uh, who have maybe been here on vacation and ridden with one of our clubs, and um, uh, I've got many clients who have sold houses to because you know we connected up there and. And I know the areas that they want to live in because I know where they really, the type of writing they want to do and what they want to connect with there. So, um, uh, and a lot of them like to live out near the bottom of Mount Lemon and ride up the mountain a lot. So that's pretty good. I'm a photographer, so I'll take a picture of Mount Lemon, but you're not going to find me climbing it on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> well, photography is big everywhere, so you would enjoy yourself out here. There's a lot, lot of good photography. Sunsets are gorgeous here. And sunrises too. So, um, but the sunsets get really, really pretty with the, uh, especially in the summer in July and August when we get the the, the monsoon clouds coming through and the rains, and you get a, a cloudy sky with the sun setting, and the colors are just just amazing. They they look like they're painted. That sounds excellent, especially for photographers. So, take note of that, people. 
And, and then there's another little saying going around town. When the sun sets, Mount Lemmon, which is the key mountain right on the north side of Tucson, actually touches Tucson, Mount Lemmon turns pink from the reflection of the sun off in the west. So the, the saying around here is when the mountain turns pink, it's time to drink. That's about <laughs> 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> okay, so there... That answers the question, what are some popular activities during the year? Uh, <laughs> Drinking, you know, that, uh, that probably goes on all year. Uh, so you uh, probably got a tequila sunset uh, drink that everybody likes. Uh, that, there, there's, yeah, we don't have the tequila sunrise. I don't think too many people are up then, but uh, the sunset, <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, excellent. Uh, on a more serious matter, what's the employment outlook? Uh, who are the biggest employers and, and what are, what's going on in that realm? We actually, like a lot of areas, are growing in employment. In fact, we've been growing really well the last couple of years with a couple new companies moving in. Our largest employer is the University of Arizona. Our second largest is Raytheon Missile Systems, which uh, has a big plant here and does a lot of research here, too, and we employ a lot of engineers from with Raytheon. Of course, the government, the state. We've got davis Mountain Air Force Base here, a big draw, a lot of uh, uh, employment there. Medical field is very big. We've got some very good medical facilities here that draw a lot of, uh, uh, and, and again, we're, we're a retirement community, so we need them, but we've got some excellent med- medical facilities that draw a lot of people in. Others are Border Patrol. There's mining. Mining is not real close into Tucson, but out in the uh, uh, desert away from us, we get into copper mining and that sort of thing. The last, the two companies that grew into Arizona, into Tucson in the last uh, several years. Caterpillar built a big facility here and a research and and development facility here and is growing quite a bit. So Caterpillar, the uh, tractor people, and then Amazon has built a warehouse here, which has employed quite a few. And then the other thing we're big on is medical research. We've got a couple good medical research businesses here that uh, uh, employ quite a few people. So when somebody asks you, what's the growing industry, does something jump into your mind? The fastest growing right now is probably the medical industry. Caterpillar really grew and brought a lot in when they did, Amazon also. But uh, medical seems to be, uh, medical research, that's big everywhere because we're coming up with so many new innovative ideas and in the medicine business, so that's big. Uh, and, and then university and the uh, military, those both are big growing areas here too. What about a new resident coming in? How can they how can they get involved in the community? You know, there's always the the Rotary Club and church groups and such. But is there are there some local in, uh, organizations, homegrown things that uh, people really enjoy participating with? Yes, there are depending upon how hard you want to work and everything, there's a lot of volunteer work in trail maintenance and, uh, and, and that sort of thing, keeping the desert cleaned up. Uh, you've got in, invasive species that will you know, be brought in by people, and now we're, we've got teams of uh, volunteers that will actually go out and clean up buffalo grass, things like that, help preserve cactus. So when there's uh, a new construction coming on a, uh, in an area, these teams will go out and, and harvest all the cactus in that area and transplant them or take them to other places where they can be sold for transplanting. So they get a lot of, uh, lot of opportunity there. Uh, and then there's just always the normal opportunities to volunteer, whether it be working with uh, homeless, which is uh, you know, a problem everywhere, and you've, you've got a lot of people that volunteer for that. Uh, the service organizations uh, like Rotary and Kiwanis and 
Well, just a lot of good uh, church organizations and whatnot, too, that help people. Is there an um, organization that helps out with that El Tour of Tucson? Is that kind of a volunteers, uh, a mecca, not mecca, but is it a, an event run by volunteers? It, it sure is. There's, there's a company that actually, a, an organization that's uh, with, with a very, very few paid people who actually orchestrate it, but there's thousands of volunteers for El Tour every year. And, and anything from bike patrols where you're riding portions of the, of the route to help people with flat tires or any medical needs, things like that, and others who are working as crossing guards, you might say, who take care of uh, intersections, just safety, that sort of thing, food support. Uh, they've got, in, in 100 miles, they probably got about every 12 miles a rest stop and food support there, is, and those are all volunteers. So quite a lot of volunteer there. And that's a great community event, too. Oh, it is. It's, it's big. In fact, it, it's the biggest event we have in Tucson, actually. We do have a rodeo every um, February also, and the rodeo is a, a major attraction in Tucson, and it draws quite a few people, and there are volunteers there too. It's, it's fun. It's just fun. <laughs> it's events like that, that that bring the community together, and of course with a newcomer uh, as well as a, uh, a veteran Tucson resident, uh, it's just a great way to, to have a common experience, you know, for a local cause. So I love hearing it, about stuff like that. It sure is. Rodeo, and it's Rodeo Week, and actually the school's closed for Rodeo Week. It's big. Every day is, is a different events at the rodeo and draws quite a few people from not just from Tucson, but from all over. Well, the uh, the cowboy town aspect was one of those three things, and there you go. The, ro- <laughs> the rodeo will uh, will complement that whole thing. Let's talk about growth for a minute. Are regional mm-hmm. services, uh, you know, keeping pace with things, or are there little little growing pains here and there? Well, you always are going to have some growing pains, but they've really done a good job, and and mostly the newer communities in Tucson, Oro Valley and Sarita and Dale have done an excellent job in uh, master planned communities. Uh, Miranda has done the same thing. You know, they plan the services in before they even start the subdivision, so it's very, very good. The infrastructure is great. Healthcare, as I mentioned before, our hospitals are expanding and hiring lots of new people. And, you know, we've got a couple hospitals in town that are actually reaching out uh, nationally and hiring and stealing away uh, the top teams from other hospitals. I I know uh, there's a uh, cardiac team that has been taken from the East Coast that's come here and one of the and, and actually rated the one of the very best electrocardiologists in the country that uh, they've enticed to come here to to have top medical care. And of course we're a teaching hospital here because it's uh, connected with the University of Arizona also. Okay, you've got some good things and you've got a uh, certainly got a good airport that you can go anywhere from. So that's uh, Yep, that's a good good airport and it's busy. Hasn't been busy this last year with COVID, but it's uh it's a busy airport and uh picking up quite a bit now again now that that's over. Well, turning to real estate, we've got uh, crazy average home prices here in Southern California. Uh what's your uh, local median or average home price out there? I think we're probably a little bit under you. We've uh, we get a lot of people moving from California to Tucson. Of course, they sell their house over there and have made a mint on it because of the prices there, uh, and come here and can buy a mansion for what they uh, had over there. Our median home price is three hundred thirty thousand dollars, so that's not very high. Now, 
in, in our highest price homes are up to maybe two to four million, but we don't get much above four million. You might sell a home every now and then a little higher than that, but maybe it's like once every four, five, six years. The heart of our community is probably anything from 200,000 up to 1.5 million, and you can find a house, good house, anywhere in that range, depending upon where you want to live. What does that house look like? What's the size and the lot size and, and amenities and such? You know, a $300,000 home, in the, and it depends on the area of town, of course, but uh, if you're in the foothills and looking at $300,000, you are probably getting an 1,800 to 2,000-square-foot, three-bedroom house that's uh, fairly contemporary and good condition on a half-acre lot, possibly even with a view. And you can go all the way up to, you know, five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars for a, that same sized home if you're in a specific community with a top of the foothills and a fabulous view. But all over town, that three hundred, three hundred to three hundred and fifty thousand dollar price range will buy you a decent, fairly new, and by fairly new and I may be built in nineteen nineties, two thousands and later and three bedroom, two bath home. If you go up to half a million, you're going to find a uh, very nice three-bedroom, four-bedroom home with more square footage and, and a little acreage with it, too. So That's very good. It sounds sounds excellent for somebody coming from Southern California, of course, because <laughs> uh, of those prices and, yeah. and other areas that have big prices like that. But um, that's also just a good value in, in talking with other agents throughout the West. That, that does compare very favor- favorably to many areas across the West, so that's good. What yeah, about? We've actually, I was going to say, we've actually been rated by some of the uh, real estate services in the last several years as one of the best investment opportunities in the country. Uh, and you know, it bounces around between different cities, but we're always up there in the top ten, just because again, we have very good value right now. Do you have an array of communities for fifty-five and over? We do. There's, there's uh, many communities here, 55 and over, from different sizes. Some with with multiple, you know, rec centers and uh, a lot of good lifestyles, golf courses, things like that. And then others that are just smaller, maybe a, a hundred home, you know, area gated, but good community for uh, seniors also. So we do have both. What about the supply of new homes? Is construction meeting demand, or are there some growing pains there? We've got the got a kind of a crisis going on in the country right now. But how's that looking in Tucson? We're a part of that crisis. Yeah, we've been under building for the last ten, twelve years, maybe longer than that. Builders got scared a while ago, and their last couple years have been building at a very good pace but not still enough to meet the demand. So we are we are still very, very seller-favored here. We aren't getting enough new construction to keep up with demand. In fact, new construction now is, uh, you know, they're, they're selling every house before they've ever completed it, where they used to have spec homes and that they would complete and then sell. And it, it's tough. Now, we don't see the lines that some communities have seen of, you know, first day on the market, people are lining up a, a block long to get in and get an opportunity to make an offer on the house. We're not in that state. Uh, we're seeing multiple offers on many, many homes, but not not that many. I mean, you, you might get three, four, five, six offers on a home. Now, for new construction, is there enough new construction to where you've got people coming from out of town, or is it primarily people moving around within town? It's both. We definitely got people coming from out of town to take a look at it, and uh, 
what we will do quite often is video tours because uh, with the way the market's moving, if something comes on even on the market, even new construction, we really want to get out there and show them that house the first day it comes on the market if it's uh, you know a spec home or something like that, which is rare. Otherwise, get them out here, get them uh, looking at the uh, community and putting an offer in on a home to be built, which will probably be completed in nine months or so. What can you do for them as they maybe take off and go back home again? Uh, how can you help them along the way during that nine months? I think we are a tremendous help for the people who are especially who are not in town because we can monitor their construction. They don't want to be coming out here every month to take a look at the house and see what's going on. So we can help with monitoring the construction. We actually help with, you know, builders don't negotiate price. But there's amenities that uh, they will negotiate if, it, if it's done right, and we can help with that. Uh, I've actually gotten upgraded lots for people. The other thing that uh, a lot of people don't, a lot of buyers don't think about is it's a new house. I don't need a home inspection. Well, yes, you do, and we, we really almost insist. It's their choice, but we really want them to get a home inspection on this house as they move into it because there will be things that the builder missed in the process. I've seen insulation just totally missing over a room, and, and the builders are great. They always take care of these items for you. There's never a question, but you got to point them out to them because they don't know. They hire a contractor to do insulation, for example, and they don't go up and look at what the contractor's done. They trust him to do it. So a home inspection is a, a really good thing, and we try to help them with that. Buyer doesn't need to be here for that. We can take care of all that for them. Uh, we're, we're just here whatever they need to help them um, make this a, a good transaction. Well, you're, you're boots on the ground, and that's extremely important. Not only is, is the buyer maybe unfamiliar with what it takes to buy a new house, but the out-of-town person is unfamiliar with the whole process. Uh, so you're boots on the ground, and that is a big, a big gap to fill, very, very definitely a necessary gap to fill. <laughs> what about uh, the buyer coming into town and saying, all right, we don't have a place to go back to. We're here. Uh, can they find a place to rent for a shorter period of time, or do they have to get a one-year lease? What's the rental market like while they're waiting for their house to finish? We've got a very good opportunity here to rent short-term, as long as you don't try to do it in January, February, March. Those are our busiest months for winter residents, snowbirds coming into town, and most of those people will reserve their rental for the uh, for a month or whatever. They'll reserve it a year ahead of time. So when they're here last winter, before they left, they, they recommitted with the uh, landlord to rent again next year. So January is tough. February is impossible because February is our rodeo, and again, that fills up. And the biggest thing in February is we have a gem show. Uh, it's a worldwide gem show where people come into Tucson for two weeks, and uh, it's it's retail buyers and uh, others that buy their gems and look at a lot of things. Uh, gem show is big, and that eats up a lot of houses. In fact, there are some permanent residents here that will actually rent their house out for a week during that time and go somewhere else just to uh, reap some pretty good profits on it. You can rent a house out for a week during the gem show if it's a nice house for probably 10000 bucks. <laughs> and Wow, very good. $10,000 but, but or maybe a bag full of gems. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's only the uh, January, February, March. Uh, the rest of the year, you, these, these same 
part-time rentals, these same uh, fully furnished, very, very nice places, oftentimes in the summertime or the fall, early spring, uh, are empty. So it's easy to get a place like that if you're not in those three months. Just come in in uh, April. You'll, we'll find you a place and get you into a place as long as you need, month to month, furnished, and uh, just stay there until you find the place you want to move into. So works real well for most of the year. That's good. They're very comforting because that's one of the biggest things people worry about is, oh, man, where am I going to go? Where am I going to stay? How's that going to work? So that, that's very yep. good to know. Well, I also uh, tell my clients a lot of times that we've got some very nice bridges here in Tucson that you can live under. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you have to, yeah, it's always there. What uh, what did we miss today? We talked about so much, and your answers were were very concise. Did we miss anything? Did you uh, anything you want to expound on? I I've got a question about about Mount Lemon and such, but I, I want you to go first. Did you you got anything you missed? No, a couple things I might mention. One. We love to take people who are looking at Tucson and don't know a lot about it. Come out, spend a couple of days here. We'll take you on a tour of Tucson, basically, and show you the different areas. And there's a lot of great areas to live in Tucson. People who live on the east side would never move to where I live, which is in the foothills. People who live in the foothills would never move to Oro Valley, which is beautiful. People who live in Oro Valley would never come where I am. You know, they just they love where they're planted. And they get to learn the restaurants and the shopping and, and all that there. So we'd love to take people on a tour, show them the different areas of town, maybe a house in each area so they can kind of get the flavor there. It's a great place to live. We, we often get the question, well, how does Tucson relate to Phoenix? We're very, very prejudiced here in Tucson. We, we think Phoenix is a, a little too big of a metropolitan area. It takes a long time to get around town. You can get around Tucson one side, the farthest away to the other side is 45 minutes to an hour. Very easy to get around. Our 2,500-foot um, elevation really means a difference of about uh, 5 degrees uh, between us and Phoenix in the summertime, which is a very important when we're talking 105 versus higher. <laughs> and uh, it, it does make a difference. And we get a 30-degree temperature change every day. So when it's hitting 100 in the afternoon here, it's starting out at 70, and 70 in the morning is actually cool in Tucson because we don't have humidity. So, you know, 70 degrees in the east where you've got a lot of humidity is starting to get warm, but out in, in the southwest where we've got no humidity, 70 degrees is cool. In fact, us sissies who have lived here a long time, we actually uh, might put a jacket on at 65. <laughs> 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 and, and, you know, the, the northerners are out here in the wintertime when it's uh, 50 to 60 degrees and uh, wearing shorts and t-shirts and we're, we're drunk we're bundled up like it's uh, winter you, you, you turn into what i call a desert sissy after you've lived here for a while i think we're cousins in that regard uh it's yeah. a little it's a little humidity out uh, excuse me a little humid out here because of the ocean but i hear you boy 70 degrees is fantastic that's kind of what I was going to ask you about Mount Lemmon. When it's maybe triple digits uh, in the valley, it's 70 degrees at Mount Lemmon. Is, did I remember that correctly? You sure did, yeah. And we go up there, my wife and I will drive up there once in a while just to, uh, there's a couple great restaurants up there. Uh, one's called the Iron Door. I'll put a plug in for them. But we'll go up there, sit on their patio, 
It's right across from a ski area that's actually up there, and we'll just enjoy in the summertime the cool temperatures up there, watch the hummingbirds, and uh, have a bowl of chili. they got the best chili I've ever had. <laughs> well, two questions about that. Are there communities up there or just restaurants, um, not just Mount Lemmon, but some of the other um, sky islands around? And what are the temperatures year-round like? Wintertime on Mount Lemon, at the top of it, they'll be, it'll be cold. They'll get down. They get snow, and like I mentioned, we have a ski area up there. It's not opened often, but it's opened uh, whenever there is some snow there. They don't make their own, so it's only when there is. But the temperatures up on Mount Lemon will be in the 20s, 30s, at the, you know, maybe in the afternoon up there in the, summer, or in the wintertime. There is a community called Summer Haven. Is exactly what it sounds like. It's a haven in the summer, and uh, a lot of cabins uh, in the area, uh, several restaurants, general stores, things like that up there. There's even a uh, mini hotel, B&B type place that people will go up to, cabins you can rent, that sort of thing. That's the only community up there, and then around in the national in the forest around the area, you'll find some cabins. Uh, but that's that's at the very top portion of Mount Lemon, and as you come on back towards Tucson. It's all national forest, and you don't find any more homes built up there, so they're all up in the Summer Haven area. All right, so they're pretty concentrated. That's good. The road up there is fabulous. Uh, it's a big cycling road, too, all the way up, so uh, that's what a lot of people like about cycling in Tucson. Well, Tom Ebenhack from Tucson, Arizona, I've really enjoyed our time together. Thank you for being on the show today. Well, thank you, Dick. I certainly enjoyed it, and I enjoy what you're doing, and uh, just a pleasure to talk. Thank you so much. Well, pleasure was all mine. I certainly appreciate your time, appreciate uh, the opportunity to catch up. Take care, be safe, and have an excellent rest of this month. Thank you. You too, and we'll be talking. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Tom Ebenhack from Tucson, Arizona, certainly an experienced and personable professional, ready to help you land on both feet down there in Tucson. If you'd like me to introduce you formally, uh, please feel free to contact me or your local agent, and we will be happy to hook you up with Tom, and of course, Tom will be happy to consult with you. To understand the real value of using a realtor known to me and my colleagues, listen to the first episode of Eyes West. It's called the Eyes West Resource. It's at the bottom of the list at number one. I make a few points in that first talk, and the most important one is how valuable relationships are when buying or selling your home, and Tom touched on that right in the very beginning. So be sure to listen to that episode, and whenever searching for Eyes West on all those podcast platforms, be sure to use one word, Eyes West. And to learn a little bit more about me, you can Google me as Dick Crawford Realtor. I'm always uh, available for you and your real estate needs here in Orange County, California. And I've got trustworthy colleagues throughout the state who can help you in areas outside my expertise. That's all for today. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. And until next time, be good, be well, and be safe.